This is Audible. Rich Dad on Brilliance Audio presents Escape the Rat Race. Learn how money works and become a rich kid by Robert T. Kiyosaki. An audio comic book adapted from the comic book of the same name by Robert T. Kiyosaki. Part 1. Meet Tina, Tim, and Red. On a late sunny afternoon, three teenage friends approached the entrance to a local amusement park. The friends, Tim, a fresh-faced green turtle, Red, a hip young rat in a sleeveless muscle shirt, and blonde-haired Tina, also a rat, are talking excitedly about rides at the park. Hey, dude, let's go over to the eliminator. Oh man, it's supposed to be so fast. It'll make your eyeballs pop out. All three pause, look at each other, raise their fists over their heads and shout in unison, "Let's do it!" and race to the ticket counter for the eliminator ride. Oh man, you are so going down. Not even. The ticket agent at the eliminator counter interrupts them with, "All right, guys, 5 bucks." Tina and Red each hand over the $5 entry fee and climb the stairs up to the ride with Red excitedly shouting, "Oh man, this is going to be great!" Meanwhile, Tim walks up to the ticket agent and says, "I'd like" as he looks into his empty wallet. Um, with no sympathy, the ticket agent shouts, "Next." Tim calls up to Tina and Red. Go ahead without me guys. I'll wait here. After Tina and Red run off to get on the eliminator, Tim sits down on a bench and reflects to himself. Oh, this stinks. I'm always running out of money. Red always seems to have money and he's got a job. Tim suddenly notices a help wanted sign at a nearby hot dog stand. He jumps up and says, "That's it. I'll get a job. If I have a job, I'll be making truckloads of money." All the guys will be so jealous cuz I'll be the guy with the big bucks and all the really cool stuff. Just then, Tina and Red come down the stairs from the ride laughing. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, that was great. My teeth are still rattling. Tim joins them at the bottom of the stairs and says, "Hey Red, I think I'm going to catch up with you guys later." Well, I'm heading over to the Ripper. You come in, Red? Go ahead. I'll meet you over there in a minute. Red turns to Tim and says, "Aren't you coming with us, man? I can't go on any more rides since I'm out of cash. So I figured since your job gives you enough money to go on all the rides, I thought maybe I'd get a job too. That way I won't have to worry about money anymore. I'll be rich." This strikes Red as hilarious and he breaks down in laughter. <laughs> What's so funny? Wait. You honestly think that you're going to get a job and then suddenly become rich? Well, yeah. I mean, you've got a job and you're able to go on all the rides. Yeah, but it's not my job alone that makes me my money. It isn't? Look. Don't you remember last year when I took that summer job? Oh, yeah. I do. You were trying to buy that bike. Man, you were even working weekends. Exactly. I figured if I got that summer job I'd be rich in no time. Problem was I worked all summer long, but no matter how hard I worked, I never seemed to have enough money to buy it, much less get rich. But you have money now, so I guess your new job pays you more. Nope. See, 
After a summer of working really hard, I realized that what I was doing obviously wasn't working. I realized there were a lot of hard-working people out there. They work long hours, weekends, and a lot of them get pay raises. But at the end of the day, most of them still complained about not having enough money. So if working really hard at a good job isn't making all of them rich, what made me think it was going to make me rich? But, Red, I gotta say, I don't get it. If you don't get rich from a job, how do you get rich? Well, rather than just accept that I was never going to be rich, I decided that I needed to learn about money. I needed to have financial intelligence. Financial intelligence? Financial intelligence is what separates the people who have money and keep getting more from people who wish they had money and never seem to have enough. Financial intelligence helps you see how money works and how to make money work for you, rather than you working for it. It's the kind of intelligence that shows you how to make sure you're never without money and how to keep money flowing into your pockets, all without you having to work at a job in order to get it. Wow, that sounds really complicated. Well, I know it may seem like that at first, but there are only a few basic lessons you need to learn. Anyone can do it. But my grades are horrible, and I've never been very good in school. Now I know for a fact that I'll never get rich. This is financial education. Don't think of it as the same stuff you learn in school. They don't teach this in school. Anyone can learn it. Um, wait a sec. You mean I don't have to be really smart to get rich? Nope. Sweet! No more school for me! Whoa, whoa, dude! Slow down there, man! You still need school. It gives you other types of information and skills you'll need. It's just not everything you need. Oh, well, a guy can hope, can he? So, how exactly do I become rich? Part 2. Robert's Story. Listen in as Red tells Robert Kiyosaki's story. Let me tell you about a book I read called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Although Robert is rich and famous now, in 1956, he was just another kid trying to figure out how to make money to buy the things he wanted, like comic books and ice cream. Young Robert is sitting at the kitchen table eating from a bowl while his father reads the paper. Interrupting his father's reading, Robert says, Dad, can you tell me how to get rich? Why do you want to get rich, son? Because today, Jimmy's mom drove up in their new Cadillac, and they were going to their beach house for the weekend. He said Mike and I weren't invited because we were poor kids. Robert's dad was a teacher, but even though he was really smart and had a good job... He didn't have much money. Well, son, if you want to be rich, you have to learn to make money. But how do I make money? Well, use your head, son. Which really means that's all I'm going to tell you. Or I don't know the answer, so don't embarrass me.
The next morning, Robert told his best friend Mike what his dad had said. They came up with a plan. So on that Saturday morning, they shook hands and Mike became his first business partner. Mike had gotten an inspiration from a book he had read, so they started a business. For the next several weeks, Mike and Robert ran around their neighborhood, knocking on doors, asking their neighbors if they could have their used toothpaste tubes. Some asked what they were doing, but Robert and Mike just said, We can't tell you. It's a business secret. When they had enough tubes, they started production. The assembly line was created in Robert's driveway. Robert's dad and a friend of his showed up to find the production in full swing. See, back in 1956, toothpaste didn't come in plastic tubes. It came in lead tubes. Melting the lead tubes was the key to Robert and Mike's idea of how to make them rich. Watching the boys pour the melted lead into molds, Robert's dad cautioned them to be careful and then said, What's in those plaster molds? Watch! This should be a good batch! Robert broke open the plaster mold, revealing lead nickels. Oh no, you're casting nickels out of lead? That's right! We're doing what you told us! We're making money! The friend of Robert's dad couldn't help but to laugh at what the boys had done. <laughs> Let them go! They might be developing a natural talent. But Robert's father sat the boys down and told them the meaning of the word counterfeiting. Disappointed, Robert said, I guess Jimmy and his friends are right. We are poor. Boys, you're only poor if you give up. The most important thing is that you did something. Most people only talk and dream of getting rich. You've done something. I'm very proud of the two of you. Keep going. Don't quit. So, how come you're not rich, Dad? Because I chose to be a school teacher. School teachers really don't think about being rich. We just like to teach. If you boys want to learn how to be rich, talk to your dad, Mike. My dad? Yeah, your dad and I have the same banker and he raves about your father. He tells me that your father is brilliant when it comes to making money. Then how come we don't have a nice car and a nice house like the rich kids at school? Having a nice car and a nice house doesn't mean you're rich or that you know how to make money. Jimmy's dad works for the sugar plantation. He's not much different from me. He works for a company and I work for the government. The company buys the car for him. But the sugar company is in financial trouble. And Jimmy's dad may soon have nothing. Your dad is different, Mike. He seems to be building an empire, and I suspect in a few years he will be a very rich man. The things Robert's dad had said got Mike and Robert excited again. As they cleaned the mess they'd made melting lead, they made plans to talk to Mike's dad the next Saturday. So, at 7.30 on Saturday morning, Robert caught the bus to the poor side of town, to Mike's house. There was a contractor's truck parked in front of his house, and inside the house, Robert saw two women and a man waiting in the living room. Come on, follow me. Who were those people? Oh, they work for my dad. The older man runs his warehouses, and the women are the managers of the restaurants. And you saw the construction supervisor, who's working on a road project about 50 miles from here. Does this go on all the time? Not always, but a lot. So, what exactly did you say to your dad? I asked him if he would teach us how to make money. What did he say to that? Well, 
He grinned and said he would make us an offer. Mike's dad walked into the porch where the boys had been sitting and said, Ready, boys? Mike says you want to learn to make money. Is that correct, Robert? Yes, sir. Okay, here's my offer. I'll teach you, but I won't do it classroom style. You work for me, I'll teach you. You don't work for me, I won't teach you. I can teach you faster if you work, and I'm wasting my time if you just want to sit and listen like you do in school. That's my offer. Take it or leave it. Take it. Take it. Good. Mrs. Martin will be by in ten minutes. After I'm through with her, you can ride with her to my superette and start working. I'll pay you ten cents an hour, and you'll work for three hours every Saturday. But I have a softball game today. Take it or leave it. I'll take it. Passing up softball was tough for Robert, but he knew that if it meant he could be rich someday, it would be worth it. The next Saturday morning, Mike and Robert were working for Mrs. Martin at the Superette. She was a nice woman and said that Mike and Robert reminded her of her two sons who had grown up. She was a taskmaster, though. They spent three hours taking cans off the shelves and brushing each can to get the dust off. Then they had to restack them neatly. It was excruciatingly boring work. Mike's dad owned nine of these little superettes. They were little neighborhood grocery stores where people bought stuff like milk and bread. The problem was, this was Hawaii. And in the days before air conditioning, stores could not close their doors because of the heat. Every time a car drove by, dust would swirl and settle in the store. So they had a job as long as there was no air conditioning. For three weeks, Mike and Robert worked for three hours each Saturday. By noon, work was over, and Mrs. Martin dropped three dimes in each of their hands. Now, even at the age of nine, in the mid-1950s, 30 cents wasn't too exciting. Comic books cost 10 cents back then, so Robert usually spent his money on comic books and went home. Four weeks later, Robert was ready to quit. He had agreed to work only because he wanted to learn to make money from Mike's dad, and now he felt like a slave. On top of that, he hadn't seen Mike's dad since that first Saturday. Complaining to Mike during lunch at school one day, Robert said... I'm quitting. School is boring, and now I don't even have Saturdays to look forward to, and all for 30 lousy cents. When Mike looked at him strangely, Robert said, What? What is it? Dad said this would happen. He said to meet with him when you were ready to quit. What? He's been waiting for me to get fed up? Sort of. Dad's kind of different. He teaches differently from your dad. Your mom and dad lecture a lot. Just wait till this Saturday. I'll tell them you're ready. You mean I've been set up? No, not really. But maybe. Anyway, dad will explain on Saturday.
Part 3. Robert Escapes the Trap. So, at 8 o'clock that Saturday morning, Robert found himself at Mike's house. Again, he found people sitting in the living room waiting to see Mike's dad. Robert is told to take a seat and wait in line. Robert felt awkward waiting to talk to Mike's dad, but he was determined to get what he deserved. So he sat down and waited. Waited 20 minutes as the older man sitting next to him went in to talk to Mike's dad. Waited 40 minutes as the nice lady who had offered him a seat went in to talk to Mike's dad. Waited until he was steaming mad and the only person still waiting. Robert could hear Mike's dad talking on the phone, rustling papers, ignoring him. Finally, at exactly 9 o'clock, Mike's dad came out, said nothing, and signaled for Robert to enter his office. After Robert came into the room, Mike's dad sat behind a desk and motioned for Robert to sit down across from him, saying, I understand you want a raise, or you're going to quit. Well, you're not keeping your end of the bargain. You said that you would teach me if I worked for you. I've worked hard. I've given up my softball games to work for you, and you don't keep your word. You haven't taught me anything. You're a crook, like everyone in town thinks you are. You're greedy, you want all the money, and don't take care of your employees. You make me wait and don't show me any respect. I'm only a little boy, and I deserve to be treated better. Not bad. In less than a month, you sound like most of my employees. What? I thought you were going to keep your end of the bargain and teach me. I am teaching you. What have you taught me? Nothing. You haven't even talked to me once since I agreed to work for peanuts. Ten cents an hour? Ha! I should notify the government about you. We have child labor laws, you know. My dad works for the government. Now you sound just like most of the people who used to work for me. People I've either fired or they've quit. How do you know that I've not taught you anything? Well, you've never talked to me. I've worked for three weeks and you haven't taught me a thing. Does teaching mean talking or lecturing to you? That's how they teach you in school, but that's not how life teaches you. And I would say that life is the best teacher of all. You boys are the first people who have ever asked me to teach them how to make money. I have more than 150 employees, and not one of them has asked me what I know about money. So most will spend the best years of their lives working for money, but not really understanding what it is they're working for. So when Mike told me about you wanting to learn to make money, I decided to design a course that was close to real life. That's why I only paid you ten cents. So what's the lesson I learned from working for only ten cents an hour? That you're cheap and take advantage of your workers? See, you think I'm the problem. That's what most people do when they find they can't pay their bills. They blame their boss for not paying them enough and go looking for a better job. So what am I supposed to do? Just take this measly 10 cents an hour and smile? That's what the other people do. Just accept a paycheck and wait for a raise, thinking that more money will solve the problem. Just look at your dad. He makes a lot of money, and he still can't pay his bills. So what do I do then? 
Pointing to his own head, Mike's dad says, You need to start using this, the stuff between your ears. I have kept my promise. I've been teaching you from afar. At nine years old, you've gotten a taste of what it feels like to work for money. Just multiply your last month by 50 years and you'll have an idea of what most people spend their lives doing. How did you feel waiting in line to see me? Terrible. And how did you feel when Mrs. Martin dropped three dimes in your hand for three hours' work? I felt like it wasn't enough. It seemed like nothing. I was disappointed. That's how most employees feel when they look at their paychecks. Especially after all the tax and other deductions are taken out. At least you got 100%. You mean most workers don't get paid everything? Heavens no. The government takes its share first. You're taxed when you spend. You're taxed when you save. You're taxed when you die. As I said, there's a lot to learn. Learning how to have money work for you is a lifetime study. So, do you still have the passion to learn? You bet! Good. Now get back to work. This time, I will pay you nothing. What? You heard me. Nothing. You'll work the same three hours every Saturday, but this time you won't be paid ten cents per hour. You said you wanted to learn not to work for money, so I'm not going to pay you anything. That's not fair. You've got to pay something. I've already had this conversation with Mike. He's already working, dusting and stacking canned goods for free. You said you wanted to learn. If you don't learn this now, you'll grow up to be like the people sitting in my living room, working for money and hoping I don't fire them. Hoping more money will solve the problem. Or you can do what most people grow up to do. Complain that there is not enough pay, quit, and go looking for another job. But what do I do? Use your head. If you use it well, you'll soon thank me for giving you an opportunity and you'll grow into a rich man. Now get out of here and get back to work. For three more weeks, Mike and Robert worked for three hours every Saturday for nothing. Robert didn't tell his dad he wasn't being paid. He wouldn't have understood. Over time, the work routine got easier, but they were still sad to be missing softball games and not being able to afford a few comic books. Three weeks later, Mike's dad met them at the store. How's it going, boys? Okay. Yeah, okay. Learning anything yet? Robert and Mike looked at each other and didn't know what to say. Well, you boys had better start thinking. You're staring at one of life's biggest lessons. Let's go for a walk. Mike's dad and the two boys went outside for a walk and soon came across a baseball field where two teams were playing softball. If you learn the lesson, you'll enjoy a life of great freedom and security. If you don't learn the lesson, you'll wind up like Mrs. Martin and most of the people playing softball in this park. They work very hard for little money, clinging to the illusion of job security, looking forward to a two- to three-week vacation each year and a skimpy pension after 45 years of work. If that excites you, I'll give you a raise to 25 cents an hour. 
Doesn't that 25 cents an hour sound good? Doesn't it make your heart beat a little faster? No. But it was tempting to Robert. At the time, 25 cents was big bucks. Okay. How about if I pay you a dollar then? No. But Robert's brain was screaming, Take it! Take it! Okay. Two dollars an hour. In 1956, getting paid two dollars an hour would have made Robert the richest kid in the world. He could see in his mind all the things that kind of money could get him. A new bike, a new baseball glove, stacks of comics. But somehow, he managed to keep his mouth shut. Okay, five dollars an hour. Now, in 1956, not too many adults made five dollars an hour. Robert knew that if Mike's dad was offering that much, whatever he was going to teach him had to be worth it. No! A feeling of calm came over them, and suddenly the temptation disappeared. Good. Most people have a price. Once they get that first paycheck, they start thinking about all the wonderful things they can buy with the money. Before long, they've spent a lifetime working but not really understanding what they're working for. I want you to avoid that trap. That's really what I want to teach you. I want to teach you how to avoid the rat race. Not just to be rich, because being rich doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't? No, it doesn't. As Robert, Mike, and Mike's dad begin walking back to Mike's house, Mike's dad continues speaking. It's like a donkey dragging a cart, with its owner dangling a carrot just in front of its nose. The donkey's owner may be going where he wants to go, but the donkey is chasing an illusion. Tomorrow, there will only be another carrot for the donkey. You mean, the moment I began to picture a new baseball glove, candy, and toys, that's like a carrot to a donkey? Exactly. As you get older, your toys get more expensive. A new car, a boat, and a big house to impress friends. That's the trap. So, what's the answer? You need to open your mind and start looking for opportunities. To live a life dictated by the size of a paycheck is not really a life. Thinking that a job will make you feel secure is lying to yourself. Keep using your brain, and soon you'll see things that other people never see. Opportunities right in front of their noses. The moment you see one opportunity, you'll see them for the rest of your life. For two more weeks, Robert and Mike kept thinking, talking, and working for free. At the end of the second Saturday, Robert saw Mrs. Martin cutting the front page of the comic books in half. Robert asked what she was doing. I give the top half of the cover back to the comic book distributor for credit when he brings in the new comics. And I throw the rest of the book away. He's coming in an hour. When the distributor arrived, Robert asked him if they could keep the comic books. The distributor said they could have them if they kept working for the store and didn't sell them. After cleaning out the basement at Mike's house, the comic book library was ready to open. They charged each child 10 cents admission to the library, which was open for two hours every day after school. 
The customers would read as many comics as they could in two hours. It was a bargain for them since a comic cost ten cents each, and they could read five or six in two hours. Mike and Robert averaged $9.50 per week over a three-month period. They paid Mike's sister $1 a week to watch the library when they weren't around. They kept their agreement with Rich Dad and Mrs. Martin by working in the store every Saturday. They also kept their agreement to the distributor by not selling any comic books. Mike's dad was excited because they had learned the first lesson so well. He had new things he could begin to teach them now. By not getting paid to work at the store, they were forced to use their imaginations to spot an opportunity to make money. By starting their own business, they had taken control of their own finances and were no longer dependent on an employer. Instead of paying the money, Mike's dad had given them much more. are everywhere. Back at the amusement park, Red, Tim, and Tina continue their conversation. Okay, that's a really great story, but what does it have to do with me? I mean, it's not like you can even get comic books on a newsstand anymore, much less make money off of them. And with movie and video game rentals, there's no way anyone's gonna pay to rent a comic book. Well, yeah, you're right. It wouldn't work today, but that's not the point. The point is, even when he was a kid, Robert didn't start finding the opportunities until he opened his mind and started looking. It's not like he's the only one, either. Lots of kids out there have found their own opportunities. That's what you need to keep an eye out for, if you want to become rich. Okay, so... Did this whole opportunities thing work for you? Well, I'm not rich yet, if that's what you're asking. But I'm working on it. After I read that story, I figured there was a lot more that I needed to learn. So I spent a lot of time looking around for ideas about how to make money and doing things like reading books, going to websites, stuff like that. I learned pretty fast that if I really wanted to get rich, doing things like mowing lawns and my paper route weren't going to do it. So I started looking around to see if I could find an opportunity for myself. After a while, I had an idea. The newspaper I was working for had new routes opening up, and I heard my boss griping that they were having trouble getting enough people to deliver for them. Meanwhile, I had a lot of friends who had asked me about my paper route and wanted to know what they could do to get one for themselves. Their big problem was that a lot of them couldn't get the job because they didn't have bikes to run the routes. So that's when I saw my opportunity. I came up with a plan on how I could make more money without having to actually deliver more papers. I told the newspaper that if they gave me all the paper routes from my part of the city, I'd make sure all the papers got delivered. The boss agreed, so I hired my friends to deliver the papers. My mom and dad had a couple old bikes that they didn't use anymore, and I had a bike I wanted to replace. My friends who didn't have bikes could rent them from me to make their deliveries. 
My friends were happy because they got the paper routes they wanted. And the newspaper was happy because it didn't need to worry about getting the papers delivered. Before long, not only did I have my new bike, but I still had money coming in from the bike rentals. Wow. I guess there's a lot I need to learn about money. Where do I start? Well, the first thing I had to learn was how to read a financial statement. A financial statement? What's that? You can't build a skyscraper without a good blueprint, right? Building money is like that. You need to have a good blueprint. That's kind of what a financial statement is. Once you learn how to read one, you can find where all your money is going and how to make more of it. The top part of a financial statement is called an income statement. Some people call it a profit and loss statement because it shows all your income coming in, like salary and dividends, and your expenses going out, like rent, electricity, credit card payments, and food. And what is left is your cash flow. Down there towards the bottom, that part is the balance sheet. It shows your assets, property and business you own, investments, savings accounts, and liabilities, car loan, house mortgage, credit card balances. And once you know how they work together, you'll be able to see how your money flows between them. That's pretty easy to get the hang of. Take this part, the income statement. It tracks all the money you make and the money you spend every month. For most people, the money they make gets sucked away by their expenses. But when you have more income than expenses, the remaining income is called cash flow. That's the kind of money you want. It's the amount of money you have at the end of the month. The bottom section is called a balance sheet. That's because it lists your assets and liabilities. If you're doing things right. Um, assets? Liabilities? Oh, sorry, man. Assets are things that put money in your pocket. So, if you buy an asset, it makes more income and results in a positive cash flow pattern. Okay, I get that part. But, like, what kinds of things are assets? Assets can be stuff like savings accounts, businesses, or even an apartment complex or property that you own. Like the bicycles that I rented to my friends. If it gives money without you working, then it's an asset. Now, liabilities, on the other hand, those are things like mortgages, magazine subscriptions, car loans, or credit card balances. Liabilities create a cash flow pattern that resembles a big machine that sucks money out of your pockets and blows it at your expenses. When you spend money on liabilities, that money is gone. You'll never see another cent of it. Once you understand how assets and liabilities work, you can tell really quickly if someone is actually rich or not. Dude, if someone's rich, they're rich. It's not like there's a lot of room for doubt. Well, there is, actually. To tell if people are really rich and not just looking rich, all you have to do is look at the things they spend their money on and what their cash flow pattern looks like. Like, when people are just starting out in life, their cash flow pattern is like this. They don't have many assets or liabilities. Their jobs bring money in and pay for their expenses. But... Once they start to bring in more money, 
they go out and buy new houses and cars. Then their pattern takes a dive into debt. Sure, they're making more money, but with the extra dough, all they've bought is more liabilities, which will just suck their monthly cash flow down to nothing real fast. Okay, wait. So let me get this straight. A better plan would be to spend my money on assets, right? Because the assets will make me more money, which means money in my pocket and I get rich. Right! If you want to become rich, just buy assets instead of liabilities. So assets are like money growing on trees. Wait, time out. There's got to be a catch to this. If it's really this easy, then everybody would be rich. No, dude. Honest. No catch. Most people are just scared. What? Are you mental? Why would anyone be afraid of becoming rich? That makes zero sense, man. Well, it's not exactly like they start out that way. See, the problem is when most people are younger, they have no expenses. Except for maybe the occasional movie, dinner, or whatever. But then they want more money to buy stuff, so they rush out and get a job. So they have some money coming, and next thing you know, they're buying clothes, cars, even houses. So they end up having lots of stuff. But they also end up with a ton of bills and debt, like car payments and credit cards. They work like crazy because they know if they don't pay their bills, they'll lose all the expensive stuff they've bought. So when they actually can save up some extra money, they're freaked out about doing anything with it. They're scared they might lose their jobs, and that means they can't pay those bills. So they get stuck in that trap, scared to death, working like crazy, and never getting ahead. That's called the rat race. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a job. I was about to say... Everyone needs some way of getting started, and a job is one way to make money and a great way to learn about a field that interests you. But that job's not gonna make you rich. It's the things that you do, like buying assets and not racking up a bunch of credit card bills. That'll make you rich! Wait, but... Let's say I get some sweet job that pays huge amounts of cash. Can I get rich like that? Some folks think you can, but they're kind of fooling themselves into thinking they're rich because they have a fancy car or because they have a fat paycheck. But newsflash, dude! Having the sweet wheels or even having cold hard cash doesn't mean you're rich. Okay, wait. You lost me again. Okay, let's look at it this way. Even if you have a great job that pays you a lot of money, what happens if you lose your job? Well, since I'm not working, there's no paycheck, which means I have no money coming in, so my cash flow gets nailed, right? Exactly. Since all your money's coming from a job, you're still at its mercy. And if your job goes away... Just spit it out, man! What is it that makes you rich or not? Well, turn the situation around for a second. What would happen if you had assets that brought in enough money to pay for everything? Hmm, well, I guess in that case, it wouldn't matter whether I lost my job or not, because I'd still have my assets bringing money in, right? Exactly. 
If you do that, you never have to work again in order to take care of things. And that's what being rich is. The really cool part of it is that when it comes to getting rich, we've actually got an advantage over most grown-ups. What? Hello? <laughs> I don't make any money. That's why I had to sit out going on the Eliminator. Remember? Yeah, true. But you don't have a truckload of expenses and liabilities either. You and I can work to score some extra money to buy stuff, but we don't need to have a job. So, if we watch it now and build up assets, by the time we're older, we won't have a lot of the expenses and liabilities to keep us from being way rich. Part 5. Let's do it. Okay, so how do I get started then? Well, each time you get any money, don't blow it all immediately. Take some of it and put it away. Part of what you put aside should be for savings. Some of it's for investing, and some should go to charity. If you do this every time you get money, after a while, your savings will give you the funds that you'll need in order to buy assets later. Well, that kind of sounds like a bad deal. I mean, if I do that, then I'm not going to have as much money to spend now on the stuff I like. Okay, true. You've got to remember, though, that most people spend all their money on tons of things they don't need. But if you put some of your money away before you spend, you'll still have enough to buy the important things. Besides, face the facts, man. You know you spend a lot of money on things you don't really need. Oh, right. Like, what? Hmm? <laughs> okay. Look at your expenses. What are you spending money on every month? Um, well, lots of stuff. Like school books, movies, video games. So, there are some expenses you can't get around, but going to the movies once a week? Honestly, would you feel like you were missing out if you skipped them once in a while? Hmm. No, I guess I wouldn't. Matter of fact, I end up going to a lot of movies just because I'm going every Saturday. So, yeah, it'd be better and cheaper to wait to see some of those movies when they come out on video, I guess. Right. And that is how a person on their way to becoming rich thinks. Well, that's easy enough. But even if skipping a movie once in a while saves me money, there's no way that just doing that is going to make me rich. Not by itself, but saving money and starting to invest is a great way to get started. Okay, say I get enough money stashed away. How do I figure out what kinds of assets to buy? Well, one of the important things to remember is that you need to buy the types of assets you're interested in. If you do that, you'll be able to make better choices because you understand those things better. Some examples of the types of things that you can invest in are stocks, real estate, or you could start your own business. What you buy doesn't really matter, as long as it pays you money every month without you having to work at a job for it. Okay, well, that's all fine and good, dude, but I'm just a bit too young to buy the kinds of assets you were talking about. 
And I don't think my dad is about to buy an apartment complex for me to rent. <laughs> I know it may seem like that, but seriously, age doesn't really matter all that much. The key is you have to always be looking for the opportunities and potential assets that most people don't see. Once you start looking, you'll see opportunities everywhere. Matter of fact, you'll even find that some opportunities are easier to find for kids. Oh, sure. Like what? Okay. Look at what Robert did, for example. Most adults would have missed that opportunity entirely. But because he was a kid, he knew what the other kids would be interested in. So he was able to see an opportunity renting out the comic books. Yeah, I suppose he did find something that other adults would have missed. Exactly. But he never would have done that if he hadn't been looking for the opportunities. So, what else have kids found? Well, how about the collectible card games? When those came out, most cards came in packs that you could buy for a few dollars. But there were rare ones scattered here and there that could be worth a lot of money. So a lot of the fans started buying and selling cards. Pretty soon, they had small card stands set up at the local tournaments where other kids could sell their cards for them. A lot of them even started putting up web pages and selling the cards over the internet. Yeah, I can see that. But dude, comics and collector cards are pretty much dead. That's true. Maybe the same kind of money can't be made there today. But the idea is that by keeping your eyes open, you can see new opportunities. Who knows what the next hot item will be? I guess you're right. I mean, someone has to discover it. And there's no reason it can't be you! The point is, you have to start looking for those opportunities now. Just because you're young doesn't mean that you can't find them. Or, for example, you can try to start your own business. Wait a sec. You are starting to make sense, but there's just no way I can start a business. Dude, sure you can. Lots of kids out there have done it. And many of those businesses have been way successful because kids know better than anyone what other kids want. Okay, let's just pretend that you're right. Just what is it that I'm supposed to start a business in? What you decide to do isn't as important as making sure you're always looking for opportunities. If you're looking at things that you're excited about, you're a lot more likely to find an opportunity there before anyone else. Even better, we have a huge advantage over adults. At our age, we've got it made. We got plenty of time to make mistakes and learn from them without it hurting our future too much. See, the later you start, the harder it is to get going. That's because when you get to our parents' age, you've got that steamer trunk of baggage strapped to your back. But at our age, you don't have all that stuff like rent, phone bills, car insurance, or the millions of other things in life that end up filling up that liabilities column. So, if you can get your asset column built up before you ever start getting things in the liabilities column, then the momentum works to your favor. Okay, so you're telling me about all this money I can make if I'm investing and building assets. But when does that mean I actually get tickets for that ride I wanted? I mean, if I'm saving my money and then using that money to buy assets, I may be making a bunch of money, but it seems like I'm getting the short end of the stick, you know? With all that money getting spent on assets, 
I'm never going to be able to buy all the stuff I want. I mean, okay, I admit it'd be way cool to be rich, but what fun is being rich if it means I end up missing out on everything? Look, man, being rich and buying assets doesn't mean you can't do the things you like. The rich just buy the stuff they want in a different way than most people. For instance, when most people want something, they usually just go out and buy it. And a lot of times, when they don't have enough cash, they put it on credit cards. But that's not thinking the way you have to if you want to be rich. All that leaves you with is the stuff you wanted badly at that moment and no money. That stuff will break or wear out over time and then cost you more money to get new stuff to replace it. That's the thing. It costs you money instead of giving you money. Look at how the rich do it. Instead of running out and buying what they want, they use that money to build assets instead. Then they make the asset grow and use its profits to buy whatever it was they wanted. By investing in assets, you always have cash coming at you to spend however you want, all without working at a job. Right. Okay, I get it. So instead of spending that $5 on the ride I wanted to take, let's say I put it toward buying an asset. Say I start some kind of small business. If I do that, then the money that asset makes for me will let me go on that ride every week instead of just that once. And if I spend some of the money that asset earns to buy another asset, then the money I have coming in is just gonna get huge. Dude, exactly. Hey, I gotta go. I'll talk to you later, okay? What? Hey, wait a second. Where are you going? I've got an idea. Cool. What are you going to do? Man, I'll tell you later after I get it rolling. Call it a business secret. I'll catch you later. One month later, Red and Tina meet up with Tim at that same amusement park where this story started. Tim is wearing a bright red apron and is adjusting a sign at the ice cream stand. Tim, what's up? I haven't seen you in weeks, man. Without turning from his work, Tim calls out, Hey, Red. Sorry, guy. I've been busy. That's cool. So, how things been going? It's been sweet, man. Talking to you really got me thinking. So, I kept thinking about a job not getting me the money I need to be rich. Rich? Yeah. So, I decided to start my own business. Wait a sec. You started a business? I know, I know, it sounds crazy, but hey, listen, when we were here the other day, I noticed that there wasn't any place to buy ice cream. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was totally bummed. Well, I went and talked to the owner to see why. It turns out the guy that used to have the stand just retired, and no one had taken over for him yet. So I did some research on the internet and then decided to open the stand and sell ice cream. With the tourist season and all this heat, the stand is doing great. I'm making so much cash, I'm opening up a couple portable ice cream carts down by the lake this weekend. I've even got a couple of employees that run the stand when I'm not around. So the ice cream sells whether I'm here or not. Man, that's so great. Uh, hang on a sec. How did you figure this all out? I mean... No offense, Tim, but you're not exactly the best guy I know when it comes to money. Well, 
Last time we were all here, Red and I had a little talk. If he's involved and telling you how it all works, then I get it. No, no, no. Look, this is all Tim's idea. He and I just talked about financial intelligence. It's a totally different thing than just having a job. Yeah, he's right. And it wasn't very hard at all. I just took things one step at a time until I figured it out. There's still a lot more to learn, but I'll get there. So, wait a second. You went from having no money a few weeks ago to having your own business? Yeah. My parents even offered to help me with the really hard parts. They were really excited when I told them I was interested in making money and what my plan was. Okay, so what's the story, Red? Spill the beans. Sure. I'll be glad to tell you what I told Tim. Yeah, it's seriously cool stuff, but there's something important we've got to take care of first. Okay, like what? Hmm, well, I think I have a long overdue date with the Eliminator. And since my investment's paying so well, we need to celebrate. So it's my treat. All right! Excellent. But tell me about this stuff after the ride, okay, Red? It's a deal. The end. And the beginning. We hope you have enjoyed our presentation of Escape the Rat Race, Learn How Money Works and Become a Rich Kid by Robert T. Kiyosaki. Copyright 2005-2012 by Robert T. Kiyosaki. Performed by Luke Daniels, Nick Podell, Benjamin L. Darcy, Eric Daw, Tom Parks, Jim Bond, Kate Rudd, and Laurel Merlington. Directed by Melissa Coates and Brian Papera. Engineering and post-production by Justin Van Haven. Performance copyright 2013 by Brilliance Audio. All rights reserved. For more information about titles available from Rich Dad on Brilliance Audio, please call the following toll-free number, 1-800-222-3225. Or visit this website, www.richdadonbrilliantsaudio.com. No part of this recording may be played for an audience or reproduced in any form. It may not be streamed, downloaded, broadcast, or copied without written permission. Address all inquiries to Brilliance Audio, P.O. Box 887, Grand Haven, Michigan, 49417. Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program.